You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 171, with Mark Mawinney. To coach or to be coached? That is the question. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on in your world, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. And today we are talking to my coach, the coach who has been helping me build a coaching business, a strong coaching business, so that I can add even more value to those of you who choose me as your coach to coach you in living a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And you know, as I think back on any time that I was very successful at anything that I was doing throughout my life, I've always had a coach or a mentor there by my side helping me along the way. Every single time. And in contrast to that, any time that I tried to do anything amazing in my life or tried to progress in any way and I didn't have a coach by my side, while I may have succeeded, at least on a marginal level, it took much longer to do so. And there was much more failure involved. And don't get me wrong, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to try new things. But when it comes to trying something new, I always want to have a coach by my side if there's anything I've learned throughout my life is to have a coach by my side so that at least I can save time and money by not repeating mistakes that somebody else has already made. You see, making mistakes and failing is not a bad thing, but isn't it so much better to learn from somebody else's failures and mistakes? It's definitely cheaper and it for sure shortens the learning curve. No matter how much I've ever paid for a good coach, I've always gotten a great return on investment every single time. The very first time that I ever paid for a coach, and I think I mentioned this before on the show, is when I wanted to get into real estate and I wanted creative real estate and I wanted to get into lease options. I paid a guy, Claude Diamond, $5,000 to mentor me for a year and he was by my side every step of the way. And I recouped my investment, the full investment, in the first deal and a half. So by the time I was done with the second deal, I was already in a profit. And every single time along the way throughout my life that I've ever gotten a coach, it has always been a great return on investment. And here's the conversation I have with guys who truly don't believe that they need a coach. And actually, the fact of the matter is you don't need a coach. If you're okay with the status quo, if you're happy with everything that you have going on in life, hey, great, perfect. But if you want to progress, if you want to improve your foxhole, as I always say, I highly recommend a coach. It's always funny when I have these conversations with guys and the guys who want to progress in life, they want a better relationship, they want more income, or they want to be able to make their money matter even more because many of the guys I talk to, quite frankly, are making pretty good money. They're just not exactly fulfilled. So that's where I come in and that's where other coaches come in. There's many different types of coaches out there. But the thing is, when I talk to people who want more in their life, they always push back on the idea of having a coach, of hiring a coach. But when I talk to very high performers, people that are very successful, very happy, very excited about life, 
they have multiple coaches in their life. They have business coaches. They have health and fitness coaches. They have speech coaches who coach them through their keynote speeches when they get up on stage. They have book writing coaches. They have all kinds of coaches. That's why they're successful. And they will always have a coach in their life. If you want to relate this to sports, look at the minor leagues. You got the minor leagues who may just have their head coach or even in high school. And even high school has several different coaches. But when they have individual players, they only rely on the coaches that are at the league level, right? But the high-performing athletes in every single sport, they have personal coaches that they hire on the side, aside of the, the coaches, the head coaches that they have for the team. High performers have coaches, and those who want to be high performers push back on getting a coach. Do you see the irony in that? All right, guys, I'm going to get off my soapbox on this for right now. I'm going to introduce our featured guest today, my personal coach. But before I do, make sure you're abundant in your life today and you pay it forward to others, everybody around you, or at least the ones that you like. And if you're digging what we're talking about here, if you're getting into these conversations, pay us back just a little bit. Just pay us back. Pay back Men of Abundance by going to menofabundance.com, clicking on underneath any one of the podcast players where it says iTunes or leave a review. Click on that. It'll take you to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. I read every single one of those, and those reviews push us up in the search engines in iTunes so that more people can find these conversations. All right, so let me tell you just a little bit about our featured guest today. After a decade of success in his past life, which was real estate, Mark Mawenny went through business closures and challenges that would have caused most to give up. And he's going to talk a little bit about that here in our conversation. But Mark got back on track with the help of coaches. After years of being a lone wolf and being proud of going it alone, Mark experienced the power of coaching firsthand and it really made a difference. So when he was ready to go back in business, he knew he wanted to be a coach. He wanted to help others like he had been helped. So Mark dove in and became a coach and quickly discovered what every new coach learns when they get into this business. It's not easy. So when he finally got it rolling, he knew that he didn't want other coaches to go through the same growing pains he did. You see, There are a lot of people who would make great coaches who never get the opportunity because they can't get clients through the door. If they give up, it's not just them who lose out, but all of the people who they could have helped if they were only able to connect with them. And that's a shame. So that's why Mark Mawinney launched Natural Born Coaches, a podcast to help coaches with their business. He's done almost 500 episodes of the podcast over the last few years, and Mark has talked with over a 1,000 coaches every year, on air and off air, and he works with a lot of coaches as his clients. This has given Mark a unique skill for helping coaches grow their business, just like he is with me. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to my coach, Mark Mawinney. Mark, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. Thanks for having me, Wally. Man, it is so. I'm, I'm just excited to have you on for so many reasons. I uh, talked a little bit in the pre-show about who you are and what you and I are doing together, but we'll get more into that into the conversation here in just a minute. Where are you at in the world? I'm on the east coast of Canada in the beautiful province of New Brunswick. So um, if you ever want to trade spots in the winter from Hawaii, you can come up here and then I'll look after your spot in Hawaii. 
January, February is good. Yeah, you know what? I might take you up on that one of these times, one of these days, maybe maybe a week or so I could handle it out there. I don't know if you saw my post that I put on Facebook this morning, but um, I think it was 62 degrees this morning out here in Honolulu, and that's about as cold as, you know. Yeah, that's parka weather. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it, I'm doing pretty good out here. And I dig that you're in Canada, man. I've talked to a few folks in Canada, and I've been going through some of your videos and, and kind of, uh, your course, you got a really good um, Facebook group course that I've been going through and I've been you know, following you for quite some time and I can definitely, there's, there's, there's those little dialect that you have that I can definitely tell that you're in Canada, which I think is like, I say admin and how do you say ad, ad, admin? If I would like an admin. Yeah, admin. <laughs> so, so those a, boot, things, a boot. <laughs> a boot. And, and, and uh, the other ones, I just can't think off the top of my head right now, but that's pretty cool. So I like to start the show out the way I start out every single morning and, and some of my days actually, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Mark? Oh boy. I'm sure everybody says this, but I actually do have a lot to be grateful for. Um, at the end of the day, I'm grateful for my health. And then I have a nine-year-old son who's healthy, happy, and, uh, you know, great, uh, little kid. So I'm, I'm grateful for my health and my son's health as well. Yeah, that is extremely important. So how would you describe yourself? Uh, movie star, good looks, um, killer wit. <laughs> I see that. I see it all. <laughs> um, I would um, describe, if I'm being completely honest, um, I, I am a uh, recovering workaholic. <laughs> Which So that that's not um, – I guess it is positive in a way because I'm making that change. But I, I've um, – you know, I'm 39 years old now. Since I was 21, I got started in business and in real estate before coaching and just used to just, just gunning hard, right? Work, 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 work. And it's only been in the last little while here that I'm learning to uh, shift that attitude that I have to be working 24-7 and I can actually enjoy life a little bit more. It goes back to what we talked about with health and, and everything else is I realize that, hey, I'm not 21 anymore and I don't want to be 60 and work at 100 hours a week. You know, and uh, so, so being completely candid, open and honest with you, I'm a recovering workaholic. It's very important that you said that because based on the conversations that I've had with many of our listeners – of men of abundance, many of them are currently workaholics, and they recognize that. And recognizing it is extremely important. I, you know, I don't know about it's as bad as being an alcoholic, but you know, the fact of the matter <laughs> is, it, it's it's very uh, destructive to the family. It's very destructive to your health if it continues on for many years. And then nobody ever, you know, there's many studies out there that they interview all of these people that are on their deathbed. Not a one of them ever said, "I wished I would have worked one more hour." You know, I wish I would have worked longer. They all wanted to spend more time with family and doing things that they enjoyed. Well, it's a law of diminishing returns, too, because there's only uh, – you hit a certain point where it doesn't matter the extra time you're putting into it. You're not going to be playing on your A game. And that's been a really big realization for me because back in my real estate days, if you didn't work, you weren't making money, right? If you weren't out showing houses and signing up listings and all that stuff, other people uh, would be doing that. You wouldn't eat. With coaching, it's different because uh, with me, I'm a really, as you know, big on putting content out there and stuff. And if I ground myself, put myself into the ground 
and really um, burn out, then my content's not going to be very good and I'm not going to be playing at that A game. So for me, it's a challenge. I'm never going to be a four-hour workweek type guy, Tim Ferriss, mm-hmm. nor would I ever want to be like that. But I don't. I also don't want to be on the other side of the spectrum where it's 120 hours a week. You know, it's. I was talking with uh, Chris Miles from Money Ripples about that, and Chris has a business where he works about 20 hours a week, and he's happy with it. Me, I'd be going crazy at 20 hours a week, but it's all about finding that sweet spot and it's different for each person and if you go too far the other way you don't work enough then you're going to get rusty bored probably unhappy so you got to find that sweet spot for every person it's different but that's always been what i've been working on is finding that sweet spot yeah that's exactly right you know the big selling point for many um you know there's a lot of businesses out there there's specifically this is really rampant in the mlm industry and uh you know everybody wants you to start this business and even in the franchising industry and stuff like that they sell it wrong in so many ways and they always say that well you you want to live that life on the beach and you just want to you know retire at 23 or retire at 40 or whatever the case is and the fact of the matter is once you get to the point to where you're no longer adding value to your community and adding value to your to your family in that way, that's when people literally die. I mean, you have to be adding value. We're just creatures that have to add value in one way or another. So I, I just think that, you know, so many people, they, they want to strive for that, but they're not really realizing what they're actually saying when, when they get to that point. Because personally, I'm working with you. And as, as I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the, before we got started talking here, that you are my newest coach and you're helping me coach other people and that's what because other people are wanting me to coach them and I'm wanting to make sure I do it right but at the same time I don't want to be that guy that's coaching so many people that it's affecting my life of abundance mm. my my way of life because I cherish my my time with family and I cherish my time my leisure time but at the same time I want to add value to other people and I'm trying to find that happy medium that's why I decided to hire a coach like you or hire you specifically yeah. Well, it's one of the reasons why uh, I love Grant, a lot of stuff what Grant Cardone's doing. You know, the 10X Rules a Great Book and mm-hmm. all that. But I have to be very careful if I get into uh, GC, as he calls himself, mm-hmm. if I get into his stuff too much, I'm going to be feeling guilty if I'm in the shower and I don't have a whiteboard there with, uh, you know, jotting down ideas and stuff while you're trying to shower. Because he's basically takes the approach of, no, you got to be on the phone, you know, doing deals and there's no time to rest and all that stuff. And I listened to the 10X rule uh, there, the audio book, usually once or twice a year, but I have to be careful because if I do too much of it, then suddenly I go to back to those workaholic tendencies from the real estate days. And I don't want to do that either. So uh, you, you're, you're atta- tackling it the right approach because you know that you have to be sharp and you have to be on your A game if you're going to be serving your clients powerfully. And that's great that you know that getting started because a lot of coaches don't know it. You know, I've had 500 and some guests on my podcast and really super successful coaches, but I can't get over how many have admitted to me either on air or off air that they've suffered from burnout before. And sometimes I'm shocked that I've never had a burnout. I've probably come close and probably maybe I just worked my way through it. But um, a lot of people out there that you would have never expected have experienced burnout. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I've read that. I've listened to that book as well, The 10X Rule. Mm. And what's the other book that I, this, I was trying to look on looking at my bookshelf? Um, there's another book that I listened to. I've got both of them physical copy as well because they are good books. 
But exactly right. I <laughs> entrepreneurs, we I've got a million things going on in my head, and I just have to focus and and stay with one thing, and um, only work with so many people at a time that where I'm comfortable. Well, what I'm starting to do, you'll laugh at this. I'm I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm really pumped about you know the new movie and all that stuff. And I just uh, I've had a PlayStation Four for the little guy, and I haven't been playing it much. And now I'm forcing myself late at night. Okay, it's nine o'clock, Mark. Ten o'clock. You've been working all day. Take an hour and go kill some stormtroopers with lightsabers, <laughs> right? And play some Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, and it's actually it's a lot of fun, you know. Now people might be thinking, oh, that's a big big whoopty deal. You you sit down and you're playing video games at ten o'clock at night. For me, that's a big shift from to be able to relax because for a little while I'd be doing it and I'd be feeling guilty, like oh man, I could be writing this email or I could be working on my book or I could be doing this and doing that. Nah, screw it. I'm gonna you know go like say kill some stormtroopers for an hour and turn my brain off yeah absolutely hey whatever you know whatever floats your boat man i think that's important to do stuff like that for me i like to go get out and go paddle boarding or something like that and just be out there you know by myself as safe as possible uh, with other people around obviously but uh you know that's that's my thing i like to just have that time to be able to go and do that and the other book that i was thinking about by gc was um be obsessed or be average uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Another great book. That's a good one too. Yeah. I love yeah. that one. So anyway, you know, <laughs> Mark, it, it, when we get to this point of the show, people kind of cringe, some people kind of cringe because they don't like to share that kick in the gut moment because they don't like to relive it. But I think it's important that we pay attention to those kick in the gut moments and see how it kind of defined us because the kick in the gut moment happens to everybody, regardless of who you mm. are, what your income level is, what country you live in. But ultimately, it all depends on what you do with that kick in the gut moment or do after that that makes all the difference and really makes the man of abundance. So if you would, share with us a kick in the gut moment that really kind of did that for you and really make us feel it. Oh, boys. Uh, you know what? I've had um, a number of kick in the gut moments, but <laughs> the one that really stands out, it, you could tell how it's made an impact because I know the, the specifics of it. Tuesday, August the 11th, 2009, <laughs> and it was probably, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning or something. And that was the day that my real estate business officially closed uh, back then. And, um, you know, it, things hadn't been going well for months, so it shouldn't have been a surprise. But of course, me being the typical entrepreneur, I'm thinking now I'm going to you know work my way through it and and we'll get through this and you know there's just bumps in the road but that was the actual day that now nah, the doors are closed and it's done you know and that started a really rough period for me because I had the local media in my neck of the woods is running negative stories and I had former friends and and employees and stuff coming at me the interesting thing is you you find out really quickly when you're down on the ground who was your true friend and who wasn't when you're riding high and everyone's on the gravy train, everyone loves you and you think that you're Mr. Popular. But once the money stops flowing, then people change. And I'm actually grateful for that whole opportunity. It was rough at the time, but it's helped me in a few ways. Um, for one, it's made me a better coach now that I'm in coaching because I'm more empathetic. I've had those sleepless nights because of money and stress. And so I, I'm definitely more empathetic. But uh, I also know who, you know, there's some people stuck by me through everything. And, and now that I'm back rolling again, I feel good with them being in my life because they were there during my darkest hours and they're here now. Other people just flaked off. Like I said, once a gravy train stopped, they were off doing something else. They did me a favor. They showed that, hey, they're not really supporters, friends. So fine, good riddance. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you just have to take that for what it is and, and really kind of give them the Heisman, if you will, and push them off a little bit because they weren't there for you. Uh, mm. Personally, for me, it's not like you have to really be an ass about it. Just make it known. Hey, look, now I know where you stand. Mm, exactly. No, it's that's right. It's not like I'm losing sleep or throwing darts at their pitcher on a dartboard or anything. <laughs> Actually, I'd say that the haters give you a lot of fuel, right? There's another Grant Cardone quote, you know, hater fuel. Yeah, hater fuel for sure. And you said something very profound there, and I really like that you said that, is that don't lose sleep over the, over that. The people that really kind of either don't come to your rescue or especially the people who do you wrong, don't lose sleep over it because I'm telling you, they're not. Just keep move on with your life. So many people really dwell on that those events. It just takes too much energy. You don't need all that. Oh, exactly. No, it's uh, it's, time flies. You know, I look back to those. It's more like a scar. It's not like a fresh wound. You see the scar there, but it's not like it hurts. Uh, You know, you learn the lessons, you move on. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the enough is enough moment? How did you pivot through that um, and then move on from the real estate and then kind of work your way into the coaching business? Well, it took actually a couple kicks in the gut for me to get the hint and get out of real estate. So I (laughs) stubborn as I am. Oh God! Well, see the the problem I had is I I identified myself with real estate. You know, I was always a real estate guy right out of university, and that was really part of my identity. So it was tough for me to give that up. And between two thousand nine and in uh, late twenty twelve, I stuck in real estate and I was doing flipping and real estate investing and stuff. And then I went, I closed things down in 2012. I said, I'm done in late 2012. I'm just sick of real estate, miserable, um, not happy. And I don't want to be doing this when I'm 60, 70 years old. So I had a period of time in there, probably a year, a little over a year in between where I was in, not literally in the wilderness, but um, I was, you know, trying to figure things out. And I, I knew that I wanted to be, I'm an entrepreneur, I want to be in business, but the question was what business to be in because it, I didn't want to be in real estate anymore. And I actually got helped by several coaches and mentors who helped me find my way. And that's how I was first introduced to coaching. I'd never hired a coach before back in my real estate days. And I thought, wow, this would be a great business to get into. So jumped into coaching and here we are, you know, four years or more than four years later. Yeah, that's amazing. And absolutely, coaching, <laughs> it, it always cracks me up, you know, when you have conversations with folks. And, you know, top performers have multiple coaches. If they have one, they have two or three in various parts of their life or parts of their business or even, you know, especially, you know, we'll get into sports, that's obvious, right? But the folks that are struggling, they are like, why would I get a coach? Well, because the people that you're trying to be like have coaches. So I don't, I'm not saying you have to get their coach because their coach is probably, you know, not necessarily where you're at in life right now, but you got to get mm. a coach that's can meet you where you're at and get you to where you want to go. And then you're going to grow out of that coach and you're going to grow into another coach and you should always have a coach by your side. Oh, I agree. It's funny because I was approached by a coach before when I was in real estate, when I was flying high. And I thought, you know, I'm cocky in my 20s thinking I could do no wrong. I thought, why the heck would I need a coach? You know, Um, you know, look at me. I don't need a coach. And if I'd had a coach, things may have ended up different. You know, in 2009 would have been different with someone else. It would have been a second set of eyes and I would have made some different decisions. So I could tell you firsthand the the disastrous effects of not having a coach because I felt them back in 2009. Yeah, absolutely. So you're the coach 
for coaches. And that's pretty cool. I, I really dig that. And there really are, when I, st- when I made the decision to get a coach to show me how to coach other people and living a life of abundance, other men specifically, because people are contacting me and saying, hey, Wally, do you coach in, you know, oh. I want to be a man of abundance. I want to live your life, type of lifestyle that you have and, you know, really kind of just let things flow and stuff like that. And I said, well, that's not exactly what I do. But I'll try to figure it out. I've coached people through health and fitness. I've coached people in exercise and nutrition and stuff like that. But I've never coached anybody on that level and as part of their life. So as I started looking at, okay, if I'm going to coach somebody, I need somebody to coach me how to coach somebody. I need a course or something like that. So I started looking around. And it's been about seven months I've been looking for a coach. Mm. And as I kind of put myself out there, certain people would approach me in certain ways. Like I'd connect with them on Facebook. Next thing I know, I got five Facebook messages that come in on Messenger, and you can tell they're automated. And I'm like, decline. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not working because I don't like your approach to me. So I wouldn't want to do that to somebody else, type of thing. And then other folks will, you know, just start, you know, spamming me and start hitting me up. Hey, you want to be sharing with all the courses and stuff like that? That wasn't your approach at all. You were really cool about it. You really kind of just worked your way and got to know me. I got to know you a little bit, and then we had a, a telephone conversation. And or actually a Skype conversation, face to face Skype conversation, and I really like that. So with you coaching, what are some good news stories about what you have done and how you how you're coaching? What are some good news stories that have come out of that for other folks that you've coached to be a coach? Well, to to go to your point about how to approach people, I, I always say that you don't want to be like remember Jim Carrey and the Cable Guy. Yeah, do you remember that movie? That movie got bad ratings. I really liked it. I I enjoy watch, rewatching it. But anyways, in the Cable Guy, he was stalking Matthew Broderick's character and calling him fifty times and all that. And what I've said before, if coaches do that with prospects, they hound them and they stalk them. Even if they are able to talk them into working with them, the chances are that relationship isn't going to work really well because you had to twist a person's arm. So the approach I prefer using is I put good stuff out there. I try to help people without expecting, hey, they're going to hire me or buy one of my products. And then people come to me, you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm not a big woo woo guy. So when it comes to like manifesting and attract law of attraction, all that stuff, but I do think there's something to it. If, if you're putting good stuff out there and you're, you're helping people, it's going to come back to you one way or another. Uh, Bob Berg was on my podcast before and Bob of course wrote the go giver, which is a great book. And he said that money's an echo of value. So if you're putting enough value out into the marketplace, it's going to come back to you with as money. And if you don't have money, money in your bank account or in your wallet it just means you're not putting enough value out there yet good news stories i mean um i could talk about you know what clients have done all day long i think for me the stories that really stick to me and the clients that i feel best about is helping them get their first coaching clients so i've helped coaches that are making six figures and stuff like that and yeah that's fun but when i'm working with a brand new coach who contacts me the day that they get a brand new client signed up and they just receive the money comes in from paypal and they're excited and ready to you know jump through the roof those are the type of calls and the clients i really enjoy those with it because that's the hardest thing is getting the first few clients once you get a couple clients the, the rest is easier right but it's just getting those first couple so they're the ones that I enjoy. Yeah, that's cool. So what kind of coaching are they doing as, as that you're coaching them on? Does it really matter? 
it's been across all sorts of niches. So I've worked with uh, health coaches, relationship coaches, life coaches, sales coaches. I've had coaches in the book writing world. A few of my clients are in that world. So really, it's anywhere right across the board I'll work with. So I only work with coaches. If somebody comes to me that owns a bricks and mortar business, like let's say Joe Smith from Joe's Widgets, I'll refer him off to a business coach that I know that works with bricks and mortar entrepreneurs. I'm not interested in doing that. I just that doesn't float my boat as much as working with coaches. So, uh, but when I started, uh, by the way, I di- I didn't have that niche down. You know, when I started, I said, "Hey, I want to be a coach for any entrepreneur." You know, I was like totally general. And I realized pretty quickly that when I compared who I was working with from traditional bricks and mortar compared to a few of my clients that were coaches, I enjoyed working with the coaches much more. So I said, you know what, I'm going to refer anything else that comes to me out, like Joe from Joe's Widgets, and only focus on coaches. So you do have to have a bit of a narrow, a little more narrow focus. You can't be too general in coaching. So how important is it to really kind of niche down what I know of is, is know your avatar. How, is, how important is it to know the type of people that you want to work with? Well, it's important. Everybody talks about niche or niche, depending how you pronounce it. But uh, I always, um, I think that coaches are taking a little too far at times, especially when they're first coming out of the gate. They think that they have to have it all figured out perfectly and they're putting all this pressure on themselves. So what I say to coaches in those early days is it's okay to be a little more general. Just have a bunch of conversations, see who you're attracting, who you're working with, who you enjoy working with, who you don't enjoy working with, and then you can narrow it down from there. But I'm seeing a lot of coaches have anxiety about niching and about avatars, and it's causing them to hold back from actually taking action, and then it hurts them. I see this every single day. So I say in the early stages, take the pressure off. Don't overthink it. Just get out there, talk to as many people as possible, you know, Skype, Zoom, phone, whatever. And the answers are going to start coming to you. The more people you talk to, you're going to start hearing some things. You think, you know what, I'd really enjoy doing this. People need help with that. Um, The late, great Gary Halbert, the great copywriter, said, feed a starving crowd. And I believe in that. You know, the people will tell you what they're hungry for. Then you have to figure it out and then feed it to them. Yeah, so it's just like anything else. I tell guys all the time, you know, go out and experience different vocations, experience different things, and you're going to be surprised at at what really resonates with who you are, stuff that you Hmm. never would have considered even doing for a job or for a vocation or for an income or even for leisure time that you experience with other guys, then you're going to be surprised that you might actually get into it. Yeah, it's like dating, right? When you first uh, start dating, you don't know if you're going to like blondes or brunettes or what type of personality traits that you like. And the more girls that you date or guys, if, depending, you're going to start to see certain things like, you know what, I don't really want this in the next relationship. You know, I really like this. This is what I'm looking for. I'm seeing a ton of similarities between dating and coaching, by the way. <laughs> but um, I, I agree with, uh, with that. So it's the same way as if you're going out there to try to meet your romantic partner your soulmate that's what you're doing with your clients but you're gonna have to go out on some quote dates quite a few dates till you really learn what you like and what you don't like that's a very good analogy and i do like that i can see a lot of correlation between that so mark we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward you ready to do that brother yeah let's do it awesome so share with men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today 
Ooh, well, I mean, the first one goes to what we were just talking about. Uh, write down what you want to achieve. You know, um, just start writing. I'm a big journaler, and uh, most of the successful coaches I know and successful people are into that as well. So jot down different things that you want into your life, and then you're going to start to – it's like when you buy a car, a certain type of car, it, then all of a sudden you start noticing that car everywhere. <laughs> that's what's going to happen when you start writing things down. Uh, second step would be just taking action. Don't Again, don't put pressure on yourself. Just get out there, do things every single day, and um, take the pressure off your 100 pounds on your shoulders aren't going to help you do it. So just have fun, stay loose, and stay relaxed. And I think the final thing would be connect with people who are positive and going places as well. So one of the reasons I love doing a podcast, I'm sure you do as well, is it allows you to connect with people that you wouldn't have otherwise connected with. And um, I could tell you, I spoke down at a conference in San Diego earlier this year. When I came back home, I couldn't get to sleep. I was so excited. My energy level was just through the roof because I had spent the week around some amazing people. And I'm like, no, man, I don't want to sleep. I want to, you know, do this and do that. You know, I can't sleep. So I get around people who are going places, cut anyone out of your life who's negative, who's pulling you down, who's doesn't believe in your dreams, all that. Life's too short. Just um, you have to be uh, very, very ruthless and cut them out of your life, which isn't easy to do because, of course, it's there's some people been around for a while, but they'll kill your dreams if you let them stick around. Yeah, that negative energy is just as real as the positive energy, man. You got to get around those those right people. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? Uh, well, journaling, I mentioned, that's something I've been doing f for close to a decade now. So I, I journal pretty close to every day. I may miss the odd day, but um, journaling something that lets me empty out my mind. And uh, I've learned a lot of lessons that way, looking through those. And um, something that I was never consistent with before, but I've gotten much better with the last few months, is going to the gym. <laughs> so I, um, I have a twin brother. He's a big gym rat. He's been doing it for, God, 20 years, and he, he'll go in 10 feet of snow. He'll trudge to the gym. And me, I was always inconsistent with it. The last few months, I've been like going to the gym almost every single day, and I feel great doing that. So that goes back to um, some of the things we talked about before with staying healthy, not burning out. I just find when I get back from the gym, uh, my energy levels is great. My writing's better, my content creation, my motivation, everything. So that would be the other thing as well. Yeah, extremely important for so many reasons. What would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Oh, boy. I'm actually looking right at my bookshelf right now. Um, a book that I'm reading, which is a newer book, just came out. It's called Principles by Ray Dalio. And that's a book that I highly recommend. So he basically shared his life lessons. He's you know super wealthy, built a huge uh, company called Bridgewater that's in the financial world. Uh, amazing book. I'm going to go through probably a few highlighters going through the 500 pages because I'm highlighting every single page or something I'm pulling from it. So check out the book Principles. Awesome. We'll have that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? I think it's fear of what other people will think or say about them. So they put uh, way too much weight on that. 
And as you especially see it online where you're putting yourself out quite publicly and any stranger that's 500 miles away, 1,000 miles away in his mom's basement could knock, try to knock you down a peg. So it's very difficult. In the quote old days, um, you wouldn't see that criticism. If anyone was complaining about you, it was probably behind closed doors. Nowadays, they comment on your Facebook Live video, your YouTube video, and they send you an email <laughs> or anything like that, you know, with the online trolls. So I think that it's definitely the fear of the others' opinions are holding a lot of people back. Yeah, that's a very good point. And something else that I was thinking about actually just this morning on that point exactly is kind of the opposite of that. When you post something that you're super excited about that's not job related, because I always see these on Facebook and, and other social media and even in person. When you get a raise at your job, everybody's like, yeah, congratulations, <laughs> that's awesome, you know. But when you post something that's positive that happened in your business, crickets. Yeah, crickets, right? two, two likes, yeah. Yeah, so don't, don't let that bother you either because you are reaching the people that want to listen, that, that want to hear your message. Um, but ultimately, that's a win for you. And everybody else kind of wants to be in that, you know, that, that job mindset, yeah. which is fine. That's okay for them. But Well, I, I saw a really funny meme actually today, and I saved it, the, the picture to my phone. So I thought I, I got to pull it out. It's uh, a guy standing by a Ferrari, an older guy, and, and the meme says, my boss arrived at work in a brand new Lamborghini. I said, wow, that's an amazing car. He replied, if you work hard, put all your hours in and strive for excellence, I'll get another one next year. <laughs> oh, oh, that's nice. That's a good one. You're going to have to send me yeah. that. Yeah, I'll, I'll fire that over to you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's a good one. Wow. Yeah, so so what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Mark? I think it's uh, at the end of the day, uh, Bob Dylan had a great quote about success. He said, a man is a success if he can wake up in the morning, goes to bed at night, and in between he got to do what he wanted to. You know, And that's probably the best definition of success I've ever heard, and I think that it ties right in with abundance. If you're happy you're doing what you want to do every single day, that's an abundant life. Not the person who's at the job, they hate to make the boss enough money to buy another Lamborghini uh, with it. So for me, that that's what abundance is. And that's why I love coaching. I love the whole laptop lifestyle kind of gets people rolling their eyes because you got a lot of spammy people selling the laptop lifestyle. But it really is. It's a cool life. If you have internet access, you could do it from anywhere. And I love that freedom and that flexibility. Yeah. And listen, guys, you know, the, the fact of the matter is if you love your job, if you truly love what you're doing and you are adding value and you really enjoy it, and it's not, you know, it still gives you the family time and all that stuff. If you love it, everything about it, that's cool. I don't knock that at all. But I do also enjoy being, having the opportunity to have this conversation, for instance, with Mark in Canada. I'm here in Hawaii. And we're going to post this in a couple a couple weeks and or actually a couple months. I think it's going out in February. But, um, wow, it, it's just amazing to be able to do this and, and harness this technology. Oh, definitely. I, I, we're alive at a great time, you know, in the history of the world. Our parents and grandparents would have given their front teeth to be able to start businesses for, what, a few bucks, buying a domain on GoDaddy, and then be able to work with 7 billion people in the world, not be restricted to your little sandbox or your little part of the world. It's an incredible time to live in, but most people are so um, pissed off and mad about stuff and you know, pessimistic. They don't realize that. So we're very lucky to be living, you know, 2018. And I think it's a great time to be alive. It is, in fact, a very, very abundant world. 
without a doubt. So Mark, we're going to close this up. Before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation and anything else exciting that you have coming up? Oh boy, we could talk for hours about what, what I didn't get to. So, um, you know, there's, I'll leave with an acronym that I think every entrepreneur should probably tattoo on their body somewhere, or at least remember it, and it's KMF, Keep Moving Forward. It was from a book that Robin Sharma wrote. I believe it was um, – oh, I can't remember which. The Leader Read No Title it was a book, and uh, KMF, Keep Moving Forward. So you're going to get knocked down along your journey, and that's just part of – the whole experience so you just have to keep going if anyone wants to connect with me in my facebook group you're in there thank you for being there it's called the coaching jungle and that's where you know i spend a lot of time and and uh, a great group of coaches in there ten thousand coaches so thecoachingjungle.com will take you there yeah it's a great group very engaged i absolutely love being in there and i just get so much out of just being amongst those individuals and that's one of the things we was talking about earlier guys is getting around positive people. Sometimes you're not able to do that in a physical sense. So that's where these Facebook groups come in really handy is you can get in there and get some real positive vibes from these Facebook groups as well. So, Mark, I appreciate that. I appreciate everything you're doing. I look forward to working much closer with you over the next couple of weeks. Brother, I, you know, I just really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, well, thanks, Wally. Awesome. Aloha. All right, guys, I'm not going to get back on my soapbox here on whether or not if you need a coach. Only you can decide that. And only you can decide who your coach should be. Do like I did and do your due diligence. I talked to quite a few coaches. It took me about seven months, quite frankly, from the time that I decided that I wanted to build a coaching business to the time that I actually hired Mark as my coach. It took me seven months. I went through a lot of different guys. I was patient. And there were some guys that I, there were a couple runner-ups. There were a couple other guys that were really good and I thought would have done a great job for where I was at and what I needed in my coaching business. You see, I already know how to talk to people. I already know how to, how to have these conversations. I already know how to bring the best out in men based on what they want to do. But I wanted to know how to set up the business and I wanted to know how to do it right so I would be a professional in that regard. And bring the best value to the guys, everybody who chooses me as their coach. And when I say, you've heard me say this before from other conversations that I've had with other coaches that are in a similar field of coaching that I'm in, is I don't care who you get. If you feel you need a coach and you resonate with somebody else, you resonate with any of the other guys that I've already had conversations with, and you can go back and listen to the past conversations then connect with that individual. Or if you've connected with somebody else that I've never even connected with, then connect with them and contact them and hire them as your coach. It's the best thing you're going to do in your life, regardless of what it is that you're trying to do. It's going to shorten the learning curve and it's going to make you a better man just by having that coach by your side, whether it's a man or a woman. And for goodness sake, the last thing I'll say is make sure you get into some sort of mastermind, whether you get a personal coach or not. Now, if you would like to consider me as your coach, let's get on the phone. Let's talk about it. Let's make a decision together on whether or not if my coaching is right for you. And I will certainly let you know if you are right for my type of coaching. You can request that 30-minute discovery call by going to menofabundance.com and click on the coaching tab at the top of the page. Read through that, fill out the form, 
And based off of that, I will decide if you and I are going to get on the phone or not. At the very least, you're going to get an email from me. And then if I think that you and I might have a chance to work together, then I will set up a 30-minute call with you. And if we decide that you would benefit from coaching, but we're not the right fit, I will do everything that I can to connect you with a coach who I feel might be a better fit for you. All right, guys, one more thing, and this is just for the men. If you're hearing my voice right now and you are not a member of the Men of Abundance community on Facebook, why not? Okay, the only answer that that should be, you don't, you're not on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, I totally respect that. I get it. But if you are on Facebook and you're not in the community, then you are definitely missing out. Go to menofabundance.com, click on the members tab at the top of the page or menofabundance.com forward slash members and request access to the Men of Abundance community. Do that now. Do that today. All right, now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.